Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. I was watching some of the earlier videos. Like, the entertainment level is, is off the charts, too. It's awesome. It's really, you're a really funny guy, by the we way. We try our best, man. It is all a fucking act. I got to tell you, River. It's all <laughs> Come a on, show. man. Luca Nation. I'm sure that I, I'm pretty Welcome sure that back, some... Luke. Oh, no. Hello, Lucas Tigers and Bronze Luca Nation. Oh my! Oh, we Jeff Wilson on in. See, it's all an act. Look people at him. like his intro. Look at him. Um, he, Andrew is not uh, this guy. He's not this guy. This is all. It's all a persona. He's creating this new. You know, what's your hat say today, pal? Got a lot of comments about your hats. What's that say? Build your life resume. I like it, and it's a cool color, go. also. This is Very good. We got a special one today. What what episode are we up to today, pal? Six seventeen. Six seventeen. Woo. 617. You guys are on it, man. That's a biggie, man. 617. You guys are crushing it. I got to give our guest, before you introduce him, give him uh, uh, um, some credit today because they noticed the artwork you did on the wall behind you. That's a pencil sketch done by Andrew when he was eight years old of a Ukrainian stallion. Um, you know, he, uh, he did some artwork, you know, it's a, he, and now he's doing this for some reason, which is totally not appropriate. For if you did that at eight, like you should keep doing it. Like that's really quality. He's, I mean, he is a special, special dude. And the door behind him there, because he's home in his, in his, you know, family home, that's actually a full Russian banya. He goes in there, he steams, he beats the shit out of people with like, uh, you know, birch leaves. He wears the weird hat. He looks like Peter Pan. It's like a whole thing he's got going on in the house in Philly there. Anyway, I'll shut up. Why don't you introduce these guys, Andrew? Episode 617 of Lucas Tigers and Bronzo, my uh, we have really special guests today. Two guests, actually. Uh, they were referred, recommended, spoken really highly of by uh, a hobby friend. Someone I interact with a lot on uh, a lot on Instagram, a lot on Facebook. Someone I respect. Are you talking about Laura Don Diego? You can't say you interact with her. You sending her weird DMs and her not responding does not count as someone you interact Whoa. with. In that's not. That doesn't count. That's not who referred these guys. <laughs> I can't believe you went there. That's absurd. I mean, yeah, That's I mean, absurd. I didn't say you, stalker. You did. <laughs> I but, send those. Inv- I send the invisible messages, the ones that disappear. So oh, there's yeah. no recourse. The vanish mode. Yeah, yeah that's better. Yeah, there you go. Okay, that works. But, that but works. That's not her. But I, I think these guys. Okay. Anyway, River and Greg Molinar. So you guys might know them, collectors. They also came up with a pretty cool tool. Uh, it's called Card Hedge, and we'll talk a little bit about it today. But it's 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 an all-in-one price guide. You know, updates daily, tons of data. I think you guys go by every card is on there. So I want to bring these guys on because River, tech guy, through and through developer, he built this tool from the ground up. Running Greg and Greg handles your partnerships, biz dev, all that stuff. So I wanted to learn more about the tool. They come highly re- regarded. And maybe some of you guys out there who are looking for pricing tools, who are looking for better data. We just had the card ladder guys on, Chris, Josh, great guys. Here's another option, you know? So without further ado, River, Greg, welcome to Lucas Tigers and Bronzo Mai. I appreciate you sharing the, your Monday afternoon with us. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having us on. Really appreciate River. you guys. Uh, yeah. You're the brainiac, right? You're the I, guy. I, you're the yeah, creator. Why, why are you assuming that? I mean, you make making physical assumptions here. Oh, okay, good. I was like, does he look like a brainiac? I mean, Greg could be the brainiac. It's it's kind of bulbous, but it's is that what I mean? That's that's messed up, Andrew. Just to assume that. I mean, you you. I think you're right this time around, but it's messed up. I mean, do you think Greg? Yes. Greg just does siding for a living. Is that what you think is going on? He clearly does a lot of stuff, not just siding. I mean, this is guys. You gotta watch. Oh, Otherwise, that joke's not gonna make any uh, sense. So anyway, uh, just, I, I don't know. what's the origin story? You know, how did um, how did you how and when did you start Card Hedge? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think very similar to probably similar to what you guys were doing. I mean, um, just timing wise. The end of 2019, I started getting back into cards. I think it's a very, I mean, it's an interesting time period because a lot of people were getting back into cards around that time. Uh, they're just, the market was was scaling up really quickly. Um, and uh, about, you know, when COVID hit, there was like, just, there was more time on the, let's say, on the calendar to fill up. So, 
you know, I started, I, I was looking around for, for tools really in the market. And um, like I had stumbled across a couple things that I thought were interesting, but I felt like they were doing it incorrectly. Um, so I just, you know, I went off and started building it. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how it started. I brought in um, another uh, uh, partner of ours, John, who's, who's not on the call. And, you know, him and I started building out from a data perspective. I had built most of the technology at that point, um, at, at least the in, internal, you know, the main guts of it. And then, you know, John really was helpful in bringing on some other people, um, including Greg um, and, you know, just building out, help us building out the team. And so, yeah, it's kind of like, that's the, that's really the start of it. Um, yeah. Was it challenging to get, so the way I understood it, cause a few people try to create data tools, Slabstock yep. tried to create a data tool and their yeah. big issue was API to eBay. Is how, yeah. how was that? How was that process for you? Well, interesting. I mean, from a technology perspective, uh, I think, I mean, I, there's some history there, obviously. If, I don't know if you know, but like eBay, eBay got really crazy around, uh, I think it was like, I think everybody was trying to hit the API in pretty much all of the sports card world around June or something of 2020. And they just abruptly shut it off. Um, so everybody just kind of, the guy, the people that didn't have an alternative solution to that sort of just disappeared, um, including slab stocks and 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 the uh, the people that had other options, including us, uh, kept on going. So that's really where that started. And now we have very robust services to address you know data acquisition, both from eBay and and a lot of other other locations. So um, and that will just expand uh over time you know from partnerships and so forth with these places with that have a lot of liquidity um that we're you know looking to partner with so yeah it was definitely a challenge though i mean i think for having the technical background is helpful in that regard um i think there were some people that maybe didn't have the technical uh chops to address some of the the major bigger concerns it does take some some does take some uh, technical expertise to get the data. So, so that's an issue, but my background is in, in data integration anyways, primarily. So it wasn't a major issue. So either one of you, my question again, I think I, I, maybe I, maybe I, is it card hedge card hedger? Is it both? It's card hedge hedge Um, card hedge. uh, Yeah. I think, we've kind of rolled with the URL and some of the other social media with the R on the end. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's absolutely a, uh, it's card Hard hedge. Research managed track. Okay. Yep. So I got to throw this out there and you know, I mean, yep. it, uh, River, if you let Greg answer, he can, or you can answer. It doesn't Go matter. Ahead. It's up. I will leave it up to both of you guys. Right. So your, your, your call. I mean, Greg looks good. Say nothing too. It's fine. It adds to the show. It's fine. Um, People come to me all the time, and I'm sure Andrew gets the same stuff. I'm not in his DMs, thank God. Man, he likes a different kind of woman than I do, so I don't want to see those pictures. But so in any event, we, you know, my DMs are a little different than his, but I get DMs all the time from people who want to do a podcast. And yep. they say, hey, you know, Cage, uh, you know, you and Andrew, you got great chemistry, you got this. Me and my friend, I think we could do what you guys do. And my response to them is always, when Andrew and I started, there was no Andrew and I. There was no other podcast doing sports card stuff. There was nobody else out there doing this stuff. And, you know, we've built up to be, you know, you know, thousands of people listen to us every day. And, you know, my advice to you would be not to do what we do. It would be to do something for yourself. No. It would be to, yeah. you know, create your own little lane to, you know, do something different this way. You know, we could tell our audience, hey, by the way, these guys are doing this. You know what I mean? And the same audience can be, you know, enriched by both segments of what's going on here, right? Um, And we're not fighting over the same people, you know, especially because we kind of have a two-year and 617-episode head start on you, you know, of building up trust and and that kind of stuff. And people seem to get that, right? People seem to understand what I'm saying. I always tell them, look, if you want to do what we do, if you think you're a comedic genius like Andrew – you know, you think you watch the games like I do, then that's fine. You can do what we do. Um, and and Dude, more power to you. I'm on the show. Let's go for it, right? And, uh, you know, why did I just go on this little diatribe about what's in my DMs? 
unless I'm wrong, Card Ladder would seem to have a pretty darn big advantage in this space. They seem to be pretty integrated. They seem to have a pretty large, I don't want to call it first mover advantage, because for all I know, you guys actually started before them. Um, but they seem to be Coke, right? And, you know, there's Pepsi, there's CNC Cola, there's Shasta, you know, there's White Rock, if you really want to go bargain basement, right? So if, if, if somebody came to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about doing like a data aggregation, you know, something what for the hobby. What if I just go ahead and out you right here? Go ahead. In the desert. Then there is no more Coke. You out me in the desert? What are you outing me as? Are you making a You phoenix? don't know what that's from. You don't know what that's from. That's from um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's from Breaking Bad. Oh, that's garbage. I've seen Breaking Bad a million times, and that's garbage. But anyway, you're going to out me in the desert, and then there's no more. Do you really want to live in a world without Coke? No. Coke Zero is my stuff. So I thought you were making a joke about River being in Phoenix. River Phoenix. But I didn't know what you were doing. Anyway, to, to, to get me back on point now, Card Ladder seems to have a pretty darn great advantage here. What is it about Card Hedge that's different? What is it about Card Hedge that you guys are creating something, your own lane, or is there nothing? What is it that... Yeah, absolutely. Should, should like, do? first of all, thank you for the lead-in because it's a, it's a great lead-in. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think, I mean, if you want to just talk about differentiators, primarily, we're just from a data and architect perspective, like completely different. Um, we're going to have like a library that is much deeper um, and much more curated from a, from a card perspective. We gather every single price and not just one or two grades across, across a single card. I don't know if you've taken a look at the tool, but completely different. Um, you know, just the volume of data is exceptionally high, but that's really not the major differentiator. I think the major differentiator is that we're going to be tackling and are already tackling aspects of the tool, uh, of the market that they're just not even looking at one NFTs two alternative uh, assets or cards and comics outside of sports. Um, so those are the primary differentiators, but I mean, if I you think it's look safe to say the, you won't get any competition from them in the NFT space. I don't yeah, think they yeah, have exactly any plans right. to move there. Yeah. And I think they're very focused on what they're doing and, and, and kudos to them. Right. Um, our, our, our process is is different. We're we're looking at providing data and analytics across every single grade of any card that we have in the system, and we're adding about ten thousand cards a month at the moment. Um, and we're going to have very curated data, both from a, a customer and consumer basis and enterprise basis, to provide data analytics for enterprises. So one of the one of the big spaces that I think people, well, at least we're looking and and working highly in is is other organizations coming in that need data on on our alternative assets and 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 pricing and so we're 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 pushing heavily in, into that space as well from a technology perspective so and we have partners there so so yeah there's there's a lot of differentiators i think they uh not to talk too much about the competition love those guys they're doing a great job they're fantastic marketers um i think they're filling a very like a, a niche in the sports card space we will be across all of those uh both sport uh, sports cards non-sports uh tcg comics um and potentially other things including i mean we're covering all the majors where there's data available all the sports card or sports related nft projects right now we're about to add um nfl all day probably this week we're at the apis in place um we've been covering top shots for a while we have tops mlb um we're looking we did a lot of work on the um uh on the fanatics uh uh baseball project but none of the sales are public at the moment unfortunately so that's kind of waiting until they make that public um, How about so yeah digital Panini Digital is a completely walled garden. Again, they don't, you can't see any of the sales. So um, it's like, until they do that, it's not really a blockchain in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so there, there's some just limitations, right? Like Panini Digital doesn't, you can't see what's really going on unless you go onto their platform, which is, doesn't make it very transparent in my opinion. Um, you plus, you can't really create correlations between other cards and other pieces of data within the, within those markets. So yeah, again, not uh, until they do that, which, 
once they do, we'll be we'll be on it. Like we'll we'll be picking that stuff up as soon as they, they make it available on a blockchain somewhere that's accessible and transparent. Um, but you know, all a lot of the major projects are already doing that. So you know, it in t- my expectation is that sooner or later those projects will come around to providing data in a transparent way. Yeah, I think it's on like what's a crypto slam? I think they have the data on there. I mean, it sounds like you guys are taking, but not you know, but what... not itemized cage, right? I think it's only volume, like probably day to day volume. Yeah, they they don't River. have individual sales. Yeah, go ahead. Every entrepreneur I know, they're a little crazy. First off, but second is they they scratch their own itch, right? Something kind of really ticked them off to create the product that they that they have or the service. They, they want to yeah. fill a need. Usually, the best entrepreneurs fill a need that they themselves had. What what was it that there were no data tools? Is it that most of the data tools out there were limited? Is it that you know the data tools covered only a very tiny subset? What really got you? Like if you take it back to day one of Card Hedge, what kind yeah, of absolutely. was this pain yes, point sir. of yours that was like I need to do this? Yeah, I think that the main pain point. I mean, keep in mind this is probably before Card Ladder was around. Their you know market movers was around, um, and they were extraordinarily limited on data. Um, and also, the tool was. I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but it was a little bit clumsy, like uh, just in its re- initial incarnation. Um, so they just yeah. I was I want I'm a builder in any case. So you know when you start to see problems in a space and you know you can solve that problem in a better way, then you start to address that problem. And and that's how I started working through that really. Um, and it's, I mean I've been in the financial and commodities market, so I understand like how markets work. And I think there was just a gap just from a knowledge perspective there, um, personally. So. Do you interpret data as well? Why I ask is, I mean, I'll never forget the episode we had on. It was like, I would never think that this was the episode that would stick out, but it was KK sports cards. And this was a gentleman who gets to see thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of cards. And we asked him, we were like, KK, you know, tell us something that we don't know. Help our audience. You know, every time we hop on here, why we've been able to build the audience we have is we don't make it about us. We make it about them. And we're like, give us something, you know? And he said, okay, do you remember this? Do you remember what he said? The thing that I found most valuable was the mint, gem mint number of Juan Soto Chromes. 97%, 98%, something like that. 94% yeah. of, the, of the Juan Soto Chromes that were submitted to him came back tens. Which is crazy, crazy. right? Yeah, yeah. What, what data are you seeing? Whether that's like volume of sales and, you know, maybe car prices are starting to go back up. Um <laughs> You know, what yeah, data it's a, it's are you great. seeing that you could add value or maybe educate our audience with? Yeah, I mean, I think the major one that always like kind of blows my mind is like the volume on NFTs. Uh, and I think it's not a it is it's, it's partially due to the fact that it, there's like zero barrier from doing a transaction. And this is where I think we're we're going to see a lot more of the market moving. Um, and, you know, obviously we we deal with some of the enterprises on this side, but um the NFT volume is just mind blowing, like extraordinarily high. Right. Um, and so I think that's crazy. I think um, you're going to start to see uh, platforms. Can you put a number to it? Just to like, just for the number of guys or girls um, that listen I, to the show? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we capture 50,000 NFT prices a day. Um, and which is pretty crazy just given the, the, the small, the, like the size of that market, those are, that's only two, that's two platforms. That's NFT, uh, that's top shots and tops, mostly top shots, to be honest. Um, and we'll probably see, I, I expect to see similar type volume on, on, um, all uh, NFL all day, uh, probably around somewhere in the 50 to 60,000 sales per day. Um, and I mean, if you, it's just, if you think about one little pro one little one product that's doing that much volume. Um, and if you look at the pricing that we collect on like every other thing, um, in the sports card market, plus some, you know, we've started to add some, uh, non-sports, um, you're talking somewhere in the like 500,000 a week. So you can just like, like you look at the volume from a single product compared that to the all of the sports card market is absolutely astonishing in my opinion. Um, and what you're going to see 
uh, well, what you're going to see. My opinion is that as you see more transition to digital marketplace, um, you're going to see like volumes will increase. It, I mean, it's always been, it's always been a, a benefit to having pure digital marketplaces is that the barrier shipping logistics goes away um, and you start to see higher volumes. And that's what a lot of these uh, companies are looking to do in any case, because they obviously they can acquire dollars um, through transaction fees um, when there's more transactions. So, um, and everybody, all of the big marketplaces will start to go that direction in some level. Obviously there will still be physical cards bought and sold, but, you will see a huge amount of volume move into tokenized physical cards, potentially, um, or some other, uh, you know, digital representation of physical cards so that you can transact quicker. And of course, people are already doing this. Um, it's not like, you know, we all know there's PwC Marketplace. There's, you know, there's some other ones that didn't do too well. Um, and but but I do definitely think you're going to see that space grow. Um, there's new entrants, massive new entrants that will be coming in that in that space. So. I mean, it, it makes total sense for me. And um, I like that you stayed away from OpenSea NFTs and kind of stayed in that game of sports digital collectibles yeah i mean i think it's a gap that like obviously the nfts is sort of this wide thing right like if you go to OpenSea or you go to you know crypto smash like they cover a lot of stuff but if you want to consume it as a collector it's slightly different um and so i think we sort of present the nft space in a way that um that a like an everyday uh collector would understand um, versus, you know, somebody that's primarily focused just on NFTs across a more, you know, horizontal space. Um, and so, I mean, that's some of the benefit that we bring to that, um, to the NFT side. And also just having the ability as a collector to be able to, you know, have valuation both on NFT, on your NFT collection, as well as on your, you know, on your physical card collection. Um, nobody's really doing that now other than us. So, um, Yeah. It's, it's a, just a really different aspect to it. Um, and there's lots of people just doing pure NFTs, right? I mean, a, a NFT, you know, NFT pricing is not an absolutely new thing if we think, you know, over a couple of years. So, but OpenSea, yeah, I mean, they're a marketplace too. So they do a lot of different stuff. They have, I'm sure they're doing just fine. Obviously they've had some issues of late, but. I'm curious, Cage. Did you see the news, Cage, that um, Disney might acquire Top Shot? Is that a rumor? All rumor. All Disney might acquire Dapper, and it was like Disney might acquire, insert the name of project you feel like pumping this week, was the tweet that was going (laughs) around for the last couple of days. I saw Cool Man's Universe. I saw, I mean, it didn't make a difference which one. Um, I saw Vive, but that wouldn't work because, one, they already have a Disney license, and um, they also have license for DC, which, you know, Disney wouldn't, you know, that kind of, there's a, I don't call it a conflict, but sort of a conflict there. Um, it's, it's, uh, look, that, those kind of rumors drive, you know, they drive money into the space also. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if Disney got into, you know, the platform Dapper. Uh, that wouldn't be what I would buy. Well, well I'm curious if you see the data, because we were early on Top Shot and, and we did well. But, I mean, when you see the same pattern over and over again, it seems like there's no coming back from it. And it's oversupply over production. Right? So you get to play around with NBA Top Shot data all the time. Are you seeing any reversal? You know, you see those, like, red candle, you know, like, and it just keeps right. dropping, dropping, yeah. dropping, like the Russian ruble. Well, I mean, we saw the we saw the top, I mean, of NFT Top Shot, like, at least in the short term. But, I mean, I think you think about all markets, right? You're going to have this, especially in, in a market like this, where you have, like, a lot of overhype in any NFT-type projects. And you get these, like, very quick bubbles. And then and then markets start to consolidate. And, and you may see a long period of consolidation. You know, I don't really... I, it, if you think about it, if you look in the short term, like these all look really, you might think, oh, this is very bad. Like all the NFT space has been down like this week, right? Like everybody's like very scared, I guess. Like the scare, the fear meter is very high in the NFT space at the moment. But honestly, like I think what we're seeing is just, uh, you know, real markets 
uh, playing out in a way that people don't expect. And the fact of the matter, this happens in other markets all the time. And you just gotta, it's, it's one, you can't control it, right? Like the reality is you markets are going to act the way they act. And then they'll eventually consolidate to a place where they're undervalued and then they'll start to climb back. And I think you're going to see this both in it. I might, my guess is, and I, you know, don't, it's not financial advice, but I think you will see um, consolidation in, in, especially in the big NFT projects, like top shots and you'll start to see a resurgence in some of those. Now, I mean, if you if you're going after high print run items, the likelihood that that's going to you know return to some massive number is relatively unlikely. But if supply and demand still holds, like it it's any it's just like any other market. If you if you have too much of a certain thing and there's not enough demand, then those prices are going to stay low, right? So I love it. What do you collect? Just out of curiosity. Uh, yeah, I mean, I collect lots of different things, but um, I have a bunch of comic books. I've been a big comic book collector for a long time. I am a fan of uh, early '90s baseball um, and some of the places, some of the I would say mid '90s maybe. Um, and I'm not a I, I like modern basketball, but like uh, that's more like speculation, I think. Uh, so that's my personal stuff. I have some vintage. Uh, you know, it's all, it's, it's really just lots of different things. Um, comics, I'm, uh, comics on the platform. Com- you mentioned that. Will comics be? Your comic yeah, we are going to be adding. Yeah, not yet, but we definitely are adding comics. It's, it's on our roadmap for this year and we're going to, we're going to get it in. Um, we just started adding all the pop culture, non-sports card stuff, and we're going to build that out very quickly. Um, and then comics are sort of the next up. Um, and then, um, just, as we build out, uh, as NFTs come online, we'll just we'll just add those in when they're available, basically. Um, so, but we we intend to have comics on the platform, um, and so yeah, we really want to we really want to play across the 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 breadth of all of the sort of alternative assets um, when it comes to you know at least on the collectible side. So, Craig, so what, do you collect? Craig what do you collect? What do you collect? Dust. Dust. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I ha- I'm. I I tend to try to stay with very like specific players. Um, I have a few comics. I'm not too heavy into comics. Um, I started putting together like the Batman series. I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to finish that, but. I, I'm very much into Batman. I always have been. Um, as far as cards and players. He does, right? We, we have a guy on our team. I was going to shout him out. I'm sorry to cut you off, Greg. Oh, uh, he's he's a Batman and DC over Marvel guy as well. Oh, I'm not nice. a DC over Marvel guy. I'm just a Batman guy. Yeah, yeah no. Just like Batman. I mean, by definition, like you're a Batman over or DC over Marvel. Oh, somebody, yeah. somebody, Batman. Batman holds a special place in people's hearts because he's an everyman. Can't fly. Doesn't have a right. power. He's an everyman. Yeah. He's just got deep pockets. He's just rich. Yeah. Which you're gonna be one day too. You're an everyman. So he's an everyman because there's no no one no spider. I see you karate chop a guy to death. Yeah. All right. You could karate chop a guy to death too if you train long enough under Ra's al Ghul. I mean, Ra's come on now. You know you gotta. You know you gotta. If do you your become stuff. a ninja, you can do a lot. Yeah, man. Or just but there's many ways to become a ninja. You can train like Bruce Wayne in many different schools of martial arts, or you can have ooze that's mutant and mutate you into a, a ninja turtle. See now that could happen. Good point. To you, I didn't. Man. I didn't know where you're going with that, but I, yeah. but you didn't. Like, that didn't you happen. You could train like Chris Farley. Yes, be a Beverly and, Hills ninja. and become Haru, that great white ninja Haru, 100. percent One of my favorite ninjas. Yeah, he trained. Uh, Greg, you... He trained Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, she's that did. right. She did. That's very true. So, Andrew, it's going off, off the rails. Bring it back. It's going off the rails. <laughs> Bring it back. So first off, guys. We got a text during this episode, and I, I'm glad we did because I want to remind you guys. NCAA tournament bracket. So anyone that owns a Tiger, 
We're doing a fun little giveaway. Shout out to you, Cage, but really, shout out to our team. So anybody who owns a Tiger, we're doing an NCAA tournament bracket, and whoever's the winner, they get a free Origins box. Did yeah, I get that right? Yeah, the winner's getting an Origins box, yes. Uh, this year's Shit. Origin just came out last week. Nice box oh, of Origins. Man, I gotta get, I gotta get me a Tiger then, I guess. That's it. That's it. We've been saying it, man. Day one, we some people were skeptical. They're like, these you guys, guys are underselling gonna... this thing, right? You guys on like, We're not selling it at all, to tell you the truth. It's you know, it's it sells itself. <laughs> right. Know? Okay. It sells itself. It's no, an open so what do you guys Greg, thoughts it's on, on? I mean, all right. okay, good. Yeah. Lucas Tigers. Go ahead, River. I apologize. I mean, what do you guys? I know you guys have a lot of opinions on the digital side. I mean. Do you like is like what's your are you bullish on on digital trading cards or like I you know KG you seem like you're you're kind of interested in this old metaverse digital side of things like I just I try to pick your brain on on what your thoughts are which you wouldn't think right because I'm an old fart. Right, I mean, like you know, I mean, that's a stereotype, though. Cage, come on, man, you know. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you, man. It's um, there's a lot of good things about it. It really scratches the gambling itch. Was what got me into it from all all the different digital stuff. Right, it was basically whether it was Top Shot or uh, the initial Open Sea. It had a very slot machine type feel. And I'll go back to when I was talking up Top Shot uh, back in January of last year when I found it, thanks to Luca Nation, who asked me a question about it. I didn't know what it was. I went and researched it and then was like, you know, like light bulb moment. Right. But when I had the light bulb moment, Series 1 was still out. There was enough supply to meet the minimal amount of demand. That demand had not exploded yet. And if you wanted to, you right. could go and buy a pack. Series one packs, I think, were fifteen bucks or something like that, you know. And series two packs were like nine bucks, or you know, it wasn't. It was, and they were available. And when we started telling people about it, series one packs were available. You paid nine dollars or fifteen dollars, whatever it was for a pack, I forget. And you opened it up, and I remember I got, oh, I got a Steph Curry. Oh, Steph Curry is selling for seventeen dollars on the marketplace. I'm gonna sell it, which now it's probably like a thousand dollars, but whatever. And it was way more. I'm gonna sell it for seventeen, and I'm gonna use that and buy more packs. And it was just, okay, keep just buying packs. You buy as many packs as you want. Just buy packs. And it was this cool, like, user interface, user experience, as Andrew likes to call it with his yeah. buzzwords. He's a very buzzwordy type of guy, right? Um, and it's, boom, ooh, a slot machine. Did I get three cherries? Did I get some bells, some bars? What do I got here? I got some fancy <laughs> So you're blues. saying I don't have depth? I, I didn't say anything about your depth. I mean, I, I don't know about your depth. Um, I only asked both. So no, but here, listen. So here's the the deal, right? So that was fun. That was, it, I mean, I won't say it's gambling, but it, it was a gambling type of thing, right? It was, it was. All right, we hit the thing. You open the pack, and boom, 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 boom. Oh, I didn't do so well. Let me get some more, right? And I remember just selling and trading and buying more packs and just stocking it up and the whole deal. And say, oh, look, and I remember we were on the phone. I'm on the phone with Andrew, and I'm like, just buy a pack. He's like, I got a Luca. It was this like excitement, like great stuff. And that kind of morphed, right? As the demand came in, it kind of morphed into uh, they're dropping a pack. It's 2 a.m. A bunch of phone calls. Quick, get on there. It's 2 a.m. They're dropping a pack. There's packs. And, you know, it's like, can I get it? Did I get lucky? Can I get in the queue? And then it was like, no matter what I did, I couldn't get a damn pack anyway because it was too many people. Jaron Jackson Jr. cards, which aren't rookies, you know, moments, out of $39.99. That was the, the print count, I remember, from Series 1. Jaron Jackson Jr., which I was buying for a dollar. A dollar in January. In March, they were selling for $300 and change. Right? At that point, Beautiful. right, was you have to be like, there is something not right here. Uh, the amount of you know crazy demand that Spike cannot maintain. We started. Cage talking, does right? a lot of his damage at night, and he bought. Yes. I think it was hundred and fifty <laughs> Kobe whites at two to three dollars yes. each. Yes, yes. The Kobe whites. Yeah. I was buying Kobe whites for between two and three dollars. About hundred and fifty of them. I'm like Kobe whites, good. I'm like a series one is this, a series two is this. Let me just buy a ton of these Kobe whites, and then like two weeks later, they were I don't know seventeen or twenty two dollars, and I was in them for three. Or two, and I'm like, all right, well, it's time to sell Kobe White. You know, I mean, it was just right. it was insane what was going on. And this on. is where it gets good, though, for people listening. 
if you do that with regular sports cards, you have to still pay for shipping and all. And you have to go yeah. here. You could do you could sell them like that. You pay your whatever. What is it? Five percent fee, ten percent fee. Yeah. And you're in and out. You're in and out. You're in and out. And you get the money in your dapper. You could put it into something else. So to today. Yeah. Am I bullish? Was your question? I would say the answer, if I have to just answer yes, no, maybe so, is no. And here's why. In and are you over- speaking specific to NBA Top Shots or Top just shot, like digital NFT all day, collectibles? UFC Strike, uh, Panini Digital, am I bullish? The answer is no. And, and I'll tell you why. NFTs in general, I think there will be some version of NFTs that survive. A lot of the stuff we are buying and selling now will not, but here's why. Um, Andrew and I will be successful at this because it's us doing it. And I believe you have to bet on the jockey more than the horse. River, I have no doubt that you will be successful. Greg, I got my questions about, but River, I think you'll be, you're the jockey, man. I mean, it's fine, right? So I'm just kidding, Greg. You'll be, you'll be fine. Too. Just, just, you know, let River ride the horse. Let, you know, he can be the jockey. Anyway. The jockeys in some of the sports digital platforms now seem lost. And I almost want to give them a pass because the amount of volume, the growth that they got is something they could not have expected. And they didn't know what to do with it, right? But there had to have been a different way to harness what was going on than to make 60,000 of each of these moments. That is not a recipe for success no matter what you do. And what winds up happening is you went from having a small subset of people that were all profitable, all your greatest mouthpieces and your greatest advertisers. You had a couple of thousand people saying how great this was, how awesome it was, you name it. Then you had 10 times that many people come in and they all bought this garbage that was mass produced that will never have any value, right? And as loud as the first couple thousand were saying it was great, you now have 10 times that many people saying that this is trash and they've all lost money. And you add to that the fact mm-hmm. that it is almost like a rudderless ship over there. One week, it's we're going to continue to put out these digital stuff. We're going to add some real-world utility. Another week, it's like a fantasy platform. It's we need you to do a challenge. The challenge is going to be who has the top seven rebounders of today's game and who has the top 10 scorers of today's game and get in on a challenge. It becomes almost like, it's almost like it grew and they don't know what they're doing now. They don't know where to drive. And it's not just top shot, right? So, but bullish, no, for that. The Panini Digital, Panini Digital, they have a rabid user base as well, right? And that product has, they have something else going for them and it's that, they have a digital version numbered of a card that exists in the real world that people are already fans of, you know, whether it's kabooms or color blasts or just gold parallels of rookie cards. I mean, you just saw John Morant's, um, you know, gold sell for a hundred and something thousand dollars. I'm sure an Edwards or a Lamello would sell for a ton of money. Edwards and Lamello have rookie golds out of 10 on Panini digits, the same exact card numbered out of 10. And they go a yeah. step further and have cards like Color Blast that aren't numbered in the physical world but are numbered here. But you know what the fun part is? Nobody knows about it. They haven't advertised it. They haven't put it out there. It's not on any games. It's not something that the average fan even knows or cares well, about. Okay, Joe, it's what River said, right? It's not even really on the blockchain if it's a closed ecosystem. And that's the biggest part, right? And, and keep, yeah. keep in mind, River, you like the NFTs because it is – frictionless or as close to frictionless as it's going to get, right? You talk about the volume of transactions that can be done as quickly as possible and done. Any digital platform that is reliant on PayPal cannot call itself frictionless and can't call itself a no backseas type of crypto thing, which is what people yeah. like in the mm-hmm. digital world. And right now the Panini platform is still run on, on, on PayPal. And because of that, I don't, yeah. I have a ton, well, I mean, there's definitely- but I don't use it. I don't buy and sell regularly. I just have it. And we gift it. Yeah. We gift it to our users, to our tiger holders. So that's why I'm not bullish yeah, on interesting- either of those. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. And like, and honestly, like it, uh, what, what, what program or what platform is, is the one that, or that are the ones that are going to succeed is really uh, not really, I think what's important necessarily. It's like the the one the the platforms that are 
developed well and marketed appropriately are going to be the winners. I think what the the reality is that there will be platforms which are winners long term that are digital. Um, and, you know, that's sort of like the way that I think about it. And, and you know, that's the I way it's like I don't think the entire quarterback class. You don't have to pick which one's going to win. You just know one of them will. I like it. I'd also say ahead, the, top, the top shot um, and all day. I don't, I don't own any top shot, but in their defense, it's still a very early business as far as like uh, its own business. And they are um, in the NFT space. They're not in the sports card space. And the NFT space expects different things than the sports card space does. The NFT space very much is into the whole utility, the real life benefits. So to the point uh, that you were making, how they like have the challenges and whatnot, I think that's more to play to the fact that they're in the NFT space as opposed to just like trying to figure out where they're going. Um, I gotcha. I mean, yeah. all, all day, right? They had an opportunity with that. They're in beta. I mean, it's a closed beta. And Tom right. Brady's first moment, the yep. first one, his debut moment, just a base yeah. moment, you know, his first, his debut is out yeah. of 10,000. Right. But I don't think that's a big issue. How many, how many Luca rookies are there? Well, you don't want to compare it to the ones that are the highest volume ones out there. That's the problem. You know, but everybody I'm... uses Luca and Zion and stuff like that. Those are, those cards are jokes that people now you know make when you say that's a card you can't really invest in. We actually did a whole episode about how whether or not prison base cards are even investable anymore. So if 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 the the closed beta Tom Brady debut is going to be compared to those cards, it's already being set up to fail. I guess I mean respectfully I think there's a lot more than 10,000 Tom Brady fans. I'm sure you're right. Um, um but not not But that I I, I get your point, but if we 350. I get I get it. Um at, at the same time though, I think they're trying to learn, like you said, to the point that you were making, as opposed to having like sixty or seventy thousand of the yeah. moment. Now it's cut down to ten thousand, right? So at least like you can see that they're trying to and see great. where they messed up. I mean the UFC ones have I mean fighters I've never heard of, and I've been watching UFC forever and they're out of like, you know, right. thirty thousand I'm just crazy numbers right off the debut. Right. Um, which I understand why they would do it as a business, right? If they can sell them, if they got the packs, they're making a ton of money and they're making money on that secondary, taking a fee on every one of those transactions. So, you know, I get it. You know, businesses are are supposed to be making money. And just uh, Greg, to your point, you're absolutely right about utility in the sense that, you know, if you collect all the Dallas Mavericks you know, in your collection, do you get, you know, one regular season ticket for free or something like that? Adding that kind of stuff is it, super cool and it's super early on. So you right. really don't know what in three, five, ten years, if and how, if and when it survives, if they get right. So I have a question for you guys. Um, sure. Because you just brought up, Cage, about the secondary sales. Yep. That is, so when Fanatics takes everything over here in a bit, my gut says that we'll be able to you for, may have to translate. If for nothing else, <laughs> if for nothing else, because of <laughs> the fact that they're missing out on all the secondary cards, right? So like to the Curry National Treasures card that you guys talked about at the very beginning, that gets sold on the secondary for however much. Panini sees nothing of that. Nothing. That could get sold 10, 20, 30 times, and the, the company making it doesn't get any of it as opposed to making it in an NFT edition and ever get secondary on those sales. And the people that are running Fanatic think are extremely intelligent, extremely plugged into what's going on in the digital world and where this is all headed. Um, and I think I don't know. Something just tells me that we'll see a lot more of it and that it just makes sense business-wise for them to do it that way. Yeah, I mean, you see candy and these things like, I mean, they're going to want to control the secondary market and there's a ton of money to be made there. And I completely agree. Like, you can do that with NFTs. You can't do that with physical cards as much um, unless, you know, at least you can't have complete control over it. So. Yeah, I think, Cage, I think that's actually, where you're going to see where like candy and NBA top shots and that sort of thing, or some other brand. I, 
like there's nothing to say something else will come out. Obviously, licensed products are important. So but. I'm going to throw an idea out there. You know, Josh Luber um, has been on the show a couple times. I can't believe I'm going to give my free idea out. But I'll give it. <laughs> Josh, he listens. But I'll give my free. It's a free idea, right? I have the best ideas in the world. I don't care. It's I'm also very right, let me get Let me get my pen. I got to write this down. Like, All right. You ready? So no. I think there is a very big opportunity for Natics. Um, in the space, Greg, not just because of what you said about the secondary, but because they're willing to kind of take a little bit of a gamble. They're willing to kind of, you know, use this to their advantage, right? And, you know, I think they realize that digital will be a part of what's coming, right? We've talked to Josh about this also, and he said they're a physical card company, and digital will be a part of what they have, what they do. It'll be part of their footprint, but they ultimately will be a physical card company. I would love, you know, Fanatics take a fresh look at it, I would love for them to study what uh, Damian Hurst did with his currency project for NFT. Take a look at this, guys, if you want. And basically, it's a 10,000-piece NFT. It's art, but art is in the eye of the beholder. Everybody thinks a different thing about art, but it's basically a whole bunch of very fun, colorful dots, right? It's a lot of, like, it reminds me of a little pointillism type of art, but it's all these color, you know, you name it, dots all over the place. They made 10,000 of them. But here's where it got fun, Right? The owner, and they're expensive. They, you know, they they're not cheap. The owner has to choose whether they want the NFT or a physical version of their art. Ultimately, a decision has to be made. You can't have both. You get one or the other. And I think that would be a cool concept going forward for a sports card company that has both digital, I mean, Panini could potentially do it. I mean, I've given Panini so many brilliant ideas that no one listens, whatever it is, what it is. Panini. <laughs> anyway, so, but think about that, right? If you, if you have a card that, you know, who knows what it's going to be. It's uh, just for the sake of the episode and for, and for shits and laughs, we'll call it the frism, right? It's going to be a frism. That's my fanatics prism, right? It's frism, right? It's a frism numbered out of 100. And it's of whatever rookie there is from 2026, right? Bronny James, Frism out of 100. All right, you get to buy it on the reverse Dutch oven site that the Fanatics had Dutch auction. I said Dutch oven. I don't know. So anyway, um, you get to buy it there. But you got to make a decision within six months whether you're going to have them send you a digital version or you're going to keep send you a physical one or you keep a digital one on their platform. Right, and now you're gonna have maybe 20 digitals and 80 physical, or some version of it. Maybe one becomes rarer. You name it, and it's a cool little like, you know, you got to make that decision. You got to make that play. You know, you figure out which one you're gonna keep. You know, how does that impact the demand of it? Um, you know, how does that impact the you know the supply and demand and the economics? And then over time, it's just a cool thing that somebody like Fanatics can do if they're gonna have both digital and physical. No one's really done it in the the card space. There's before. a bit of game theory there too, right? Which you see with yeah. all of these kind of platforms. There's a bit of gamesmanship, like you know, burn the book tokens. Yeah, you get X. It, it, it makes people have to play that whole game theory in their head. And there's a part of like, yeah. the fun, the, the slots, and all that stuff. Which is gonna um, yeah. be less, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, there's so much that they can volume. do with it, yeah, especially yeah. like, you know, if they have athletes under exclusive rights, they can attach. You know, if you have the out of ten version, like, you can go to like a private dinner. There's just so much or a private sign or whatever they if want. You have do. ten Trevor Lawrence cards. You could get all of the sticker <laughs> autos that they didn't use. Um, <laughs> I got an on card Trevor Lawrence this week with you. Yeah, it was a nice one. Ian Paul Spire. Dude, no one's minted uh, Tiger with the Fire Hands NFT. I know. When There's they one, do, that's it's coming. So, the, 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 the by the way, people that are joining us, people that are new for you guys. So, OpenSea, Lucas Tigers, um, all the art was created by Cage's daughter, 13 year old daughter. So, we keep Very it cool. in the family. That's awesome. Um, that is cool. One of the tigers that you could mint is this tiger holding a fire. And it's a kind of a joke, but Cage's son, Ian, he opens a box every Friday. And the dude pulls fire and he pulled this Trevor Lawrence booklet on card auto this past Friday. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. Little blonde haired, blue eyed really tiger old. holding fire. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. No one's gotten one yet. We're 
We're almost 400 in. Is it uber rare? Is it like, it's like hard to get? Or? There are, there, I think there are 50 of them out of the. <laughs> How many is in the collection? We, we made 10,000 just because at the time yeah. we built it, everybody yeah. was doing 10,000. We didn't even mm-hmm. know that it was possible to do less at the time. We yeah. just said, all right, right. This is supposed to be 10,000. You know, thinking back, we probably would have done a little less, but, you know, but the goal was if they sold once a week, 50 weeks, we'd have Ian, you know, open up a box, he'd pay for it, you know, utility. I, we would buy the box. He would open it live for whoever it is who's holding yep. the tiger. And, you know, he'd pull fire for him. So eventually somebody's going to get one of those. It's going to be fun. That's awesome. Sales and, are, are you guys have enjoyed, uh, like, how is it working out? Like, do you guys like the, I know it's sort of an, it's both a, an experiment and a, well, at least I would think it is experiment and a fan, like, it's a fan token. So they get benefits and everything. Like, yeah. are your fans liking it? Um, if so some, I'll tell you this. You guys the best, feedback on it? The best message we've gotten is this. Now, keep in mind, if we went back, I mean, it had to be a little more than a year now. Um, I didn't even understand blockchain at all. Like, we had an episode in January of last year before Top Shot, you name it, where people were like, trying to talk to me about Bitcoin. And I'm like, it's fake. It doesn't exist. Now I have. By the way, people asking, because people asked me today, what's your favorite episode? The Bro Namath one right around January wow, 2021 so was hilarious. I was such a crotchety old we were, man. But we it's were trying amazing. to explain Bitcoin to Cage. Picture that. Yeah. And, and he was did, getting more and more mad. Those conversations never go well on camera for the first time. I mean, but what's funny uh, about it though is no, maybe it was funny. Like maybe it was amazing. Sorry, I didn't. No, no, it, it definitely. I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And what's funny about it is it took Top Shot. For me to start to understand it, you know, the blockchain behind the card, you name it, and then grow into OpenSea. But what's funny about it is, and I think the, the best reaction we've gotten from a lot of our members of our community is there are people in the hobby with an open mind. There are more people in the hobby with closed mind, right? And, and that's fine, too. You know, people like what they like, and that's great, right? There are many people who are closed-minded who have made a lot of money in the hobby, right? I call them Tom Brady fans, Right, um, because no, anyway, anybody would. I just bought Brady. two Tom Brady cards today. Well, you're a little late to the party, Greg. You had to be buying them like 20 years ago, dude, you know. But Greg's my dude. I buy on the hype. But no, so, like but, he's back. I'm. A, I make. I, I joke, but I really don't. I mean, there are people who are like, I live in Boston, and I drink Sam Adams. Exactly. That's and me. I buy Tom Brady, Adams, yeah. and I'm a genius. Because I'm a millionaire because I bought Tom Brady. Screw you, Yankee fan. Anyway, point being, there are a lot of, there are a lot of closed-minded people in the hobby who don't want to hear about NFTs. And I get that. And yeah. I'm perfectly – if that is you, please still listen to the show. Because th- I'm not going down an NFT path, right? I'm not, I promise. But my favorite comments are for the people – we have fans who listen, believe it or not, who are older than me. And that's old, right? And we have fans who are young. We have fans who buy cards. We have, we have, you know, people who are part of the community that have never bought an NFT before and didn't even think about it until we did this project, right? And yeah. I guess they knew they couldn't get too hurt, you know, it wasn't a lot of money, and that we are here every damn day. This is not me take your money and disappear, right? Oh, he's getting a call from a happy fan. He gets calls with those, but are you, when you're back, you'll, you'll come back in. For me, it was really simple. So, you know, we've all heard the version of this, like leave people better than you got them. Yeah. So when we started this project, you know, a lot of people were skeptical. And I think up to today, if you kind of fast forward, I think 99.9% of our fans, of our holders would say, we've left them better than we got them in the sense that the money they invested into us They've already gotten that back and more in spades. And that to me, because I'm a 32-year-old entrepreneur, I understand how this world works, Lambos, all that stuff, rug pulls. You know, we could I could easily run off, but I never wanted that to be about that. So that for me, yeah. Cage, I think you're back. You're fine. I am. I'm back. Oof. Yeah. I got a I got a phone call no, I mean, I and it was uh, it was an emergency because the person texted me right after said, What position would you think the mariners need the least? Fans I'm like not you, texting you back. I'm not going to text you. So anyway, what I was saying, River, was yeah. Greg left. I scared Greg away. But was that people no, are yeah, willing to take a chance, right? People are willing to they, – they basically said, all right, I, I don't know this. 
but I'd like to learn. And there's no better way for me to learn than with you guys, because I know if I have a question, if I know if I, if I mess something up along the way, I can reach out to Andrew during the process and he can hold my hand and walk through it, which he did right. dozens of times from the steps of getting money into a MetaMask wallet, how to create that into how to mint something into how, where to store it, what's going on with it. You know, it's, it's, it became almost a, you know, my first NFT, right? Which people like, and now they say a lot of people after doing that got into many more projects and became, you know, yeah. much more fluent in the space and started collecting things. A lot of people said, you know what? I bought one. I bought two. I've now bought four of your tigers. I love you guys. I love your content. Thanks for doing what you do. This is my way of supporting you. And I got to learn a little bit also. Believe it or not, that's my favorite stuff. That and if I'm allowed to be a little selfish, it was cool to do it with my daughter. It was cool to go through for the sure, project yeah. with Andrew and, you know, we put, we made the art together. I'm sure you think of learn a lot too, right? Like, yeah. An interesting project in any case. I mean, it sounds good. Yeah. I mean, you guys are making sure that you add, you know, the whole part is add more value than you take, you know, and, and if you guys are doing that, then I think you're going down the right path in that regard. Um, yeah, we're, like we're working on stuff like this, like with technology platforms, right? Forming partnerships where you could use that connect wallet feature and giving yeah. anyone who owns our tigers access to your technology platform. I think that's such a win, win, win. That's value to our holders. That's value to the company because they instantly have a really active fan base and a really, really active user base. So we're working on more partnerships in perpetuity now. Yeah. River. That's awesome. Take yeah. us home. So 30 seconds, you know, why should someone use card hedge? Yeah, I mean, I think if you want to have access to a large, massive library of cards and super user-friendly features, as well as having the ability to um, value assets uh, outside of just the sports card market, including NFTs and, and other things, I think that's really where our strong suit is and where we can provide value to our customer base. Um, and we have tons of new features coming. We're going to have a mobile app that shortly, a couple months. Um, we're really close to finishing development out on that, which will really help, I think, some of our customers. Um, yeah, so just adding tons of value in that regard uh, is where we're where we're going. And I and you know we're really focused on listening to what the market's telling us with respect to what needs to be added to the platform. And you know we're going to go that direction. Um, and we have a roadmap to you know do a bunch of other stuff with respect to, you know, adding depth to our, you know, library and so forth. So. I love it. I love it. Listen, there's definitely room for it. Right. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be rooting for you. Um, check this stuff out guys. And, and right now it is, you can get on there and check all the data for free. Yeah, absolutely. We have a, you know, you don't even have to sign up. You can go in and, and check all the prices. Every single set, every single card we have is available. You have a limited amount of data, obviously. Um, you can't add it to your collection until you, unless you sign up. But, you know, we have also a seven-day free trial. Um, you know, we're very uh, open to people coming in, trying to, you know, card hedge, uh, you know, pro, I guess you'd call it, if you want to use it um, for a week and see if you like it. You know, and, and some people are going to love it and some people, you know, might want to go a different direction, completely understand. So, um, but yeah, all the data is available for free on the site. Um, and then again, you can sign up uh, for a 14 day or sorry, seven day free trial. So guys, this is what we'll do, right? We'll have an ask of Luca Nation. Take a look at it, right? It'll yeah. only take a couple of minutes. Get on there, get on a card hedge. And if you see something you like. Hedger. Right. They have, I think they have both. Um, do you really? A card hedge is the name of the company, but the website is cardhedge.com. Cardhedger.com. Okay, so they have card hedger. So I looked for it before, and now all of a sudden I have a lot of landscaping companies coming up um, on my feed. So I don't know if it, I typed in yard hedger by mistake. I don't know what I did. But in any way, I guess it could be worse. So um, it's card hedger. It's card hedge. It's a lot of fun. Guys, the, the ask from us is go spend five minutes on it. And, you know, we know our community. You'll find good stuff and you'll find bad. Reach out to the team. Let them know what you yeah, think. Yeah, absolutely. Let them, let them know what you think is good. And they can, you know, they can, they can, you know, pound that and, you know, double down on it. Let them know what you think they're missing. Let them know, uh, you know, what they might be able to add to make it a more user-friendly and more valuable tool for you guys. I'm sure they're open to the feedback. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you can always find us on social, Card Hedger, at Card Hedger, pretty much on every platform. So, love you, Luke. Awesome. Beautiful. Love you guys. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Pleasure's all are awesome. awesome. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.